May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Servanthood is a theme in both of the texts we heard read today. The words from Philippians and the words from Mark. They talk about the servanthood of Jesus, who he is, what he was called to do, what he did on our behalf, and also about our own call to be servants, to be of service. If we had read, I had had Arnie read also the, the Isaiah text for today, it would sound familiar to you because you probably have heard it almost every Good Friday that you've gone to church because they were words from Isaiah 52 and 53 and included in them, I'm not going to read the whole thing, were these verses that I'm sure you will recognize. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. In him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are made whole. Now, It's kind of an old slang thing, so any of you watching or of younger age might not be familiar with it, but when I was, oh, you know, way back when, a young person, there was a phrase that we used when something was important or meaningful. It was, oh, that's heavy. Remember that, some of you? Oh, that's heavy. Well, those texts, The Isaiah especially, but also the other two, they're heavy because they are important. And if you take a few moments and use your imagination, visualize in your mind Jesus carrying out his act of absolute servitude, being whipped and mocked, carrying the cross, hanging on that cross, quoting the beginning of the psalm that says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In those moments when he felt, not because of anything he had done, but because he was carrying the weight of our sin, that momentary separation from God. But if you read the whole psalm, I will say as a note that it circles around and it comes back to praise. But if you visualize Jesus, you will sense, if you can visualize all those things, the heaviness of the moments the weight that is on him. He's carrying the weight of the world. The heaviness was so apparent in him that when he was carrying the cross to Calvary, 
The Roman soldiers wondered if he was even going to make it. And they grabbed Simon of Cyrene and forced him to help carry the cross. It was heavy. But of course, if when we read Philippians, we realize that of course God raised him and gave him glory and esteem, the name above every name that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue proclaim him Lord. There was another side to the sacrifice that he was making. And, you know, James and John, we'll get to them in a minute and their request to Jesus, but if you back up to the passage that's part of the passage that was just a little bit before today's reading, Jesus is telling the disciples about the rewards that are available, that will, that will come. It's not available like, you know, if you sign up for this, you, might, you, you get those on the, in your emails. If you do this and this, you may win something. Oh, I just find those so irritating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your chances are one in three billion or something, but you may. Um, but Jesus said you will. Those who, the, the disciples had been saying, well, we've given every, up everything to follow you. We've left our homes, our families. And Jesus is saying that those who give up their, their comfort of their home and their families to follow me and become my disciples will be rewarded a hundredfold in homes and families and fields. And then he says, and persecutions. And persecutions. Oh, oh, Great. I like Jesus, I like the part about homes and families and fields, but persecutions, because following Jesus sometimes does require sacrifice on the part of those who choose to follow him. It's no wonder that sometimes people who encountered Jesus rejected his teachings, rejected him, Some because they didn't want to lose their power, but some, there's a story in the feeding of the 5,000 where afterwards Jesus is talking about not just physical bread, but the bread of life and who he is as the bread of life that some people just said, this stuff's, no, this is too too hard, too hard to cope with, too weak, sorry, we're out. (laughs) And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, How about you all? Are you leaving too? And they said, no. To whom else shall we go? You have the word of life. And they followed him. Well, we're all here today and in the sanctuary or watching on YouTube. We're all people who have decided that we too want to follow Jesus. We too want to be engaged in acts of service, to be servants, to be Be those people that can be relied on to carry on the work of Jesus, not to the extent necessarily that we have to die on a cross, although there are and have been throughout history 
martyrs. I heard on the news this morning that uh, 16 missionaries were working in Haiti with the relief from the disaster have been kidnapped. So, but most of us are not called necessarily to take those kinds of risks. But we're still called to be servants. And you know, these days, I don't know about you, but I'm tired. And I keep hearing on the news how everybody's tired. We're all worn out because of COVID and a whole bunch of other things, but we're tired of coping with COVID. We're tired of asking every day, is this a day I'm supposed to wear a mask? Or when I'm going here, am I supposed to wear a mask? Are my children going to be in school today? Or are they going to have to, something happened and they're going to have to watch online? Are, you know, if I get sick, is there going to be, you know, a need hospitalization? Is my hospital going to have a bed for me? Is, you know, are, am I going to be able to get the, the things that I need from the, the store or are they going to be out because of all the supply line problems? There are people that are saying, you know, we're really, we're, are, are, are speaking up and, and saying, you know something, we're tired of working full time for and, and making less than the poverty level and we've got strikes going on. I mean, it's, people are just saying every which way, I'm tired. Any of you feel that way? You feel tired by you know, everything that's going on and you know, climate change. And if we have one more storm that blows down branches from trees in my yard, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut all the trees down. No, that's not a very good idea. But you no, know, it's... If I have to patch the roof one more time because some more shingles blow off or whatever it is, people feel tired. I do. I get it. So, frankly, you know, when we feel tired, how many of us feel like going out and picking up a new project? Something else to do. Some other responsibility to carry through. Sometimes we don't even want to do the things that are sitting right in front of us that we usually do. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know, there, there is, I, I sense it. I sense that there's a weariness. So how can we rise to this call, this challenge of being the servants that God calls us to be? Well, I think there's a couple of things that we can do. One is, in the midst of all the tiredness, we do need to take care of ourselves. Whatever we feel, you know, and there's a variety of different things that we may need to help renew ourselves. Some of us might need a little more sleep. Some of us might need a little more exercise. Some of us might need to eat a little better. Some of us might need to do what Jesus did, and stop being busy trying to keep up with everything and take some time to go and just be present with God. Jesus went off to pray periodically by himself. Sometimes the crowds found him, but he 
did go and take that time to renew himself, to renew his relationship with God. We can do that. There's something else that we can do that can be of service in a way that we might not think it, that we are being of service. You can be a Barnabas. Now what am I talking about? Well, Barnabas was a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And at the time that Paul underwent his conversion, remember, he was on the way to Damascus to round up those Christians that had fled the city and bring them back to Jerusalem where they could be tried, persecuted, whatever, by the powers that be. And he met Christ on the road. And he spent then a few days, I mean, with a man in Damascus learning more about Jesus. And then he went back to Jerusalem. Now, people in Jerusalem don't know everything that has happened. So here comes Paul and this guy that, you know, has been busy persecuting Christians. And he says he wants to see Peter and the leaders and John, the leaders of the apostles. You think people are going to say, oh yeah, they're right over there. Yeah, they're a little, most of them are kind of suspicious that this might be a trap. But Barnabas came and talked to him and listened to him and said, I will take you to see them. And he did. And they had a con, he met the apostles. Then Paul went back to Tarsus, his hometown, and spent quite a bit of time there, several years, studying about Jesus and learning with the Christian community there. You all thought, didn't you? Because I had it in my mind for a long time that Paul just had this conversion and then hit the road preaching all over the place. No, he developed his own faith and understanding and deepened it. But then Barnabas was working with the Christians in Antioch and the number of Christians was growing too big and a lot of the people that were starting to join the Christians there were not from a Jewish background, which Barnabas had, but were quote unquote Gentiles and he didn't, he was overwhelmed And he said, who do I need to help me here? Who will be good with these people? And he thought of Paul, because Paul was a Roman citizen as well as a Jew. And so he sent for Paul, and Paul worked with Barnabas there for several years. And then Barnabas, then Paul went off on his his journeys of sharing the faith. Barnabas was an encourager. Barnabas was an encourager. We all, even though some days we feel tired, can be involved in the ministry of encouragement. And in a world where people feel tired, a little encouragement can go a long way. And not just encouraging each other, 
but encouraging, being encouraging to everyone we meet. You know, there's so much divisiveness and nastiness, I mean, really serious, you know, in some cases, death threat, nastiness out there in the world. The people are discouraged and they're tired. But what would it mean if just one person or two people or more came up to them and said, I appreciate what you're doing. You're doing a good job. You are making a difference. You know, most of us, I don't think anybody of us here, maybe a few of you watching at home, I don't know, have a staff of servants in your house. Maybe some of you have somebody that comes in and helps once in a while, you know, comes in and cleans for you or something else. But, you know, we don't have servants But we encounter people in service industries all the time. They just don't serve only us at our house. They maybe serve 300 people at the the drive-through window someplace in their shift, or they're they're working in in a store, clerking in a store, and trying to help people find the things that, and us, the things that they need, or they are working for the city and they're sweeping, you know, collecting the leaves that are going to come down any day. Now I just know it. Or they're 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 collecting our trash. Or if we're at, at the hospital, somebody's, or we're visiting somebody in the hospital, and. The nurse comes in and renders some medical service that they need, whatever it might be. Our thank yous, our appreciations mean so much. They surely get everybody's complaints when things are not right. And if you've ever worked in one of those situations, you know, you know, I was I worked as a nurse's aide for a year and finished when I was finishing college full time. I worked I've worked in a store. I've never waited waited tables in a restaurant, but uh, working in in retail, I've worked I worked in a place that was similar to Casey's, and I also worked in a brick and as they call them now brick and mortar store in the electronics department. You know you hear all the complaints. But it's so nice when someone says, I appreciate this, or you've done a good job. Be a Barnabas. That in itself is an act of service. It's not necessarily an act of physical service, but it is a service to people's spirits. And it doesn't really take a great deal of energy But you know something? You will feel energized when you do it. Because you will sense from that person that you've made them feel better. You've helped make their day a good day and they, that energy that you've started in them will also touch you now, uh, I just want to remind you on the notes of being a Barnabas. 
And be Barnabases to each other all the time. Encourage each other. But uh, October, I don't know who started it. You know how people, you know, every day when I turn on the internet, it's something else. It's, you know, cheddar cheese day or it's ice cream day. I like that one. Um, But there's, you know, or it's some a month or, you know, it's mashed potatoes week or, you know, whatever. But October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Now, I am not saying that I'm retired now. I, don't, I am not a pastor. I'm still a minister, but I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm a, you know, I do not pastor a congregation. I go around filling in pulpits for people that are on vacation or a church that needs somebody to fill in for a while. So this isn't about me. Although I must, I, I will say that when I was the interim here, you were a very appreciative congregation. But just a little reminder, not just this month, but do it this month. Make sure you let Pastor Alex know how much you appreciate him. I certainly appreciate him, and I try and let him know, but that's just, he's not going to get up and say to you, folks, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, hint, hint, hint. So I'm just reminding you. But be a Barnabas to each other, to your families. You, you know, uh, if a kid comes home with a report card and it's got straight A's except for one B or C, don't comment on that one first. Say, look at all these A's. You've been doing, working really hard in these subjects. Good for you. You know, talk about those things first and then say, you know, I bet maybe if you work, you know, worked a little harder, you'd get, you know, straight A's, but boy, you have done a really good job. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. Uh, I, my dad was kind of the person, one of the people that would see the, this, the bee first, you know. It's like, the, you know, it's like that, that um, Sesame Street song or something. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> so, but be encouraging. Be encouraging to each other, to those to your extended family, to your neighbors, to those you encounter who you may not know, but if they do something good, let them know. And of course, to your pastor. Amen.